0: Our guest today is a native of Tucson, Arizona, and we'll discuss two of the most challenging encounters he had as the athletic director at the University of Missouri and now at Baylor. In addition, he'll talk about hiring head football coaches, the challenges the NCAA is facing today, and what it's like to be a student athlete with a name, image, and likeness opportunities that await the superstars. Our guest, Mac Bernard Rhodes IV. Hey, welcome friends. What often defines a leader is how they handle crises. And our guest didn't just have to deal with one, he had to deal with two. If you think about social protests, when he was the athletic director at the University of Missouri, there were racial and social issues that caused he and the head football coach, Gary Pinkle, to stand shoulder to shoulder with the football players. During this period of time, the university lost their system president, the chancellor of the university. And then just a short time later, when all this unrest had been settled, Barler came calling because they've been dealing with uh, issues around sexual harassment that their head coach Art Bryles, and their president had not dealt with effectively, and they brought our guest Mac Rhodes in to fix it and to bring championships to the university. Our guest Mac Rhodes, well, welcome.
1: Well, welcome, Jed. Thank you for having me. It's uh, it's a pleasure, and I appreciate the. Uh, the introduction, as I was listening to that introduction, I was just sitting there thinking, man, I'm not very smart uh, <laughs> to, to walk into to, to, to both of those. But um, those were two great challenges that, that helped me grow as a leader. And I, I really do look at it this way. I was, I was blessed to be a part of both of those, those incidents and, uh, you know, trying to navigate both um, completely different situations, different institutions really, really think I, I grew as a leader and learned a lot from, from both of those situations. It took you know about
0: nine years for you to get your first AD job. So the question I've got is when you think about your career, and we're going to dig into these two situations we described, who were impactful people to help you uh, from a leadership perspective?
1: there were a lot of them. Um, certainly, you know, the, the, the very first one that was so impressionable upon me was, was the athletic director at Yale university, which is where I really started, you know, my career in college athletics, Tom Beckett. And, uh, he was just, uh, he led by example. Um, you know, he, he certainly was eloquent when he, when he spoke, but, but more than anything, it was about how he, he led by, by example. And, um, I never felt like he was going to ask anybody to do anything that he wouldn't do him himself. And so that was, that was one, you know, Bob Stull at, at UTEP was a, a terrific leader and, and somebody I learned a lot from, you know, he, he was in the football world and offensive coordinator for Washington and, and then head coach at, at UTEP in Missouri. But, uh, you know, he spent probably I think 20 years as the athletic director at UTEP. And, and again, he had a lot of wisdom and, you know, I learned a lot, of, lot, uh, lot from him. And then while I was there, you know, Coach Haskins, uh, Don Haskins, the Hall of Fame uh, basketball coach, uh, you know, this, this is a Hall of Fame guy, bigger than life, and he told me many, many, many stories and not one of them was ever about anything that he did well. It was always about the mistakes he made and just his humility. And just how he was real uh, with me, and and the lessons that that he learned, and and wanting to pass those those on to me, and and certainly others. So those would be three that that come to mind.
0: So let's go. Let's dig into Missouri. When you went there, was there unrest, or did it start to unravel after you'd been there for a short period of time with the social issues?
1: Yeah, when when I arrived, and I don't remember the exact time, but uh time frame but ferguson hadn't hadn't happened too long or too past in the in the in the distance and and so I think there were still some some remnants of of that um that that we were we were dealing with i think one of the things that that I noticed most was just this lack of connection with with uh with the diverse population and so you could see it and feel it a little bit walking, walking in, and, and we actually began to, began to address that. It was really, you know, a, an institutional issue that, that filtered down, um, into, into athletics and, and specifically the, the football program. So uh,
0: explain what you did and how you and Gary partnered, um uh, with the football players did and how you got them not to miss practice and to really help, uh, bring the unrest, uh, to a successful uh, outcome.
1: As you reflect back upon it, I don't know that we, we did anything magical. I think we, I think we listened, Jed. I think we listened a lot. Uh, I think we, we showed empathy and really tried to understand maybe what, what some of our, our student athletes of color were, were going through our diverse student athletes. And so um I think that was probably the, the first step because I, I think they, they genuinely felt like and, and thought, well, we, we've got, you know, some, some individuals here that are listening and, and maybe caring. And so really talking through, you know, how, you know, they can impact change and not not doing it by by, you know, not playing a game, uh, but that there were other ways to, to potentially do this. And and again, really, really talking through, you know, consequences of actions, and so I, I think it was it was about listening, and it was about having a some some really healthy conversation with our with our young people. You go to Baylor, I mean, not a job that people are
0: raising their hand for, and you walk into a a storm from the president President Starr to Art Briles and what had happened with unrest with the football players, their involvement with women and so forth. How do you get that under control and then go out and hire tremendous coaches and compete?
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I appreciate the question. I think, you know, again, coming in, or I was pretty pretty adamant about this is who we're going to be. This is our culture. And uh, I remember doing a, a presentation probably a month, about a month into my, my tenure, for all of our staff and it it was entitled get on the bus. And it was really about, you know, these, these are our core values. This is how we're going to work. This is how we're going to, we're going to treat one another. And, uh, and I was pretty, you know, I was pretty candid that um, you all have an opportunity to, to, to get on the bus. And, you know, for some, this, this might not be the right bus to get on. And, and if that's the case, no hard feelings we can find a way to, 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 to move in a different direction. That's, that's good for, for both of us. You know, in that first year, we had over 110 changes in terms of staff. And so we, we did make a lot of change. Um, And so that was, that was also part of it. But, but I do think we, we gave people an opportunity to say, all right, I want to be part of this. I want to be part of this vision. You know, we talked early on about what our purpose is and, you know, we talked about preparing champions for life. And so it was really, you know, just one day at a time, you know, in everything we did and how we operated, reinforcing, you know, those those core principles for us. And again, people that, that didn't want to buy in, they they had the opportunity to, to move on and, and go somewhere else.
0: How do you build your relationship with your president? Critical alignment is significant if you're going to be successful in your role or in the president's role so h- how did you two work
1: to get aligned yeah you know i th- I think when you when you talk about leadership right you always you always think about about leadership down and people that re- report up to you and I think equally important and maybe even is, is more important is is those that, that you report to and, and so managing up leadership up and uh, and I think that that takes some some time and and some skill and some art. And you know my my philosophy was I, I never wanted my boss to, to be surprised. And so again, you know I think developing that relationship early on, I'd rather err on the side of over communicating at first rather than than under communicating. And, uh, and so we, you know, by, you know, frequent conversations and, and interactions, meetings, um, we, we found our rhythm and, you know, what, what was the expectation in terms of what, what I should share, what I don't need to share. You know, that was that, that early process of just learning who each other, who each other were. But, um, you know, again, I, I think it's, it's so important to establish that relationship immediately. When you think about the the relationships on campus, have to have a great relationship with your president, have to have a great relationship with your your board of regents. I think in today's world, you better have a great relationship with your head football coach. Those are three. I personally, you have to have a great relationship with all of your head coaches, but uh, those are are really key relationships that that you've got to do a great job with.
0: At Houston, you hire Tom Herman. You bring him in from Ohio State and he turns the program around. And uh, at Baylor, you brought in Matt Rule, you've been able to replace him and continue the success. So you definitely back up your uh, words with actions in terms of how you manage the football part of your organization. Are there one or two key things you're looking for in your head
1: coach? yeah that's a it's a great question. I think it starts with you you better have a great understanding of who you are as an organization and and so some of it is is you know and and maybe a lot of it is is fit and so we we always start with okay we we need to know and understand who we are and then we we talk about characteristics specific that that match up with with our particular, particular organization, our particular Insta institution, you know, but I I think that qualities that, that are evergreen, that, you know, that I look for, no matter where I'm at, the combination of intelligence and and humility are, are two, two qualities that, you know, I'm always going to make sure that, that the candidates that we talk to, um, you know, display the 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 person that we up ultimately hire has has both of those. I, I think if if you've got a a person that's got great humility, and and part of humility is is understanding who they are, and high intellect, they're going to continue to evolve. They're going to continue to get better. They're going to continue to to reflect upon how, how they get better as a leader, how they make the the people around them better as, as leader, this, this industry, this business coaching is, is about continuing to, to evolve. There's, there was a national championship coach here just recently that invited, you know, some, some head coaches, Dave Aranda was one of them to, to their place to sit down and talk and to learn. And this is, this is somebody in their 70s, that that's won several championships, and so that ability to continue to to evolve, continue to learn, is something I think is is really really important. So, if we put
0: our glasses on and we look at what's going on in intercollegiate sports, and we begin with the NCAA and the governance model that's under scrutiny, that's you know being reevaluated and so forth, how do you think that's going to shake out as it relates to the Power Five and, and the and and the the group below do you think you have your own own what do you see happening as it relates to uh, the governance model of the power five universities
1: yeah that's a that's a great question and you know you mentioned you know the the transformation committee and, and the work that they're doing right now you know my my gut is we're we're not going to get to a to an organizational structure where there's this this separation of you know power five autonomy five and and then group of five i do think we we may get to a separation in the sense that football's treated differently to to some degree when we think about potentially you know staff sizes and limits of of that nature and extra benefits for you know, current student athletes and, and inducements for prospective student athletes, and so you know, I could potentially see us getting to to a model there. You know, how do you how do you then treat men's and women's basketball? Do you, is that a is that a further separation or segment? And, and then you know, then it's the rest of everybody else. I, I don't know that it will go that far, but but I do think. I do think that there'll there'll be some momentum for, you know, how do we how do we wrap our arms around around football? And as you know, Jed, antitrust litigation is is driving, you know, all of this. And so, you know, what whatever you do in terms of governing and, and rules and regulations, you know, are are you putting yourselves in, in the crosshairs of in terms of antitrust law? And so that's such a big part of of every conversation that, that that all of us are are having, and um, I know we'll we'll talk about it, but you know, just you know, what name, image, and likeness, and and that was going
0: to be my next, yeah,
1: question. yeah. MIL. What's
0: that yeah. mean to you, and how do you can how do you stack up against the other Power Five schools?
1: Yeah, you know, for for Baylor, we're going to have to pick and choose. I don't I don't know that we'll be in that space like everybody else. We need. We will need to be in that space, but we'll have to do it in our own way, and we'll have to be thoughtful and, and pick and choose. And you know, we won't won't recruit recruit everybody. And you know, for us, what we're always going to keep in in mind is is our culture because we we think that that we're winning at the level we're winning right now because of culture. We we've got you know great student athletes, great coaches, but it's we're we're winning. Because of the culture and, and, and making sure that we're just we're not disrupting it and that we're not bringing in people that you know think they are and want to be treated as if they are bigger than than the institution, bigger than the program, more important than than their other other teammates. And so, again, it's it's been interesting. And you know the the crossroads of name, image, and likeness. And the transfer portal right now, it's crazy with men's basketball. People are literally buying their rosters. Um, and, And you've got, you know, you've got young men in the portal that are DMing each other asking, well, what are you getting? What are you getting from this institution? What are you getting from that institution? And so that's the game that we're playing right now. Is it sustainable? Probably sustainable for a small percentage, but it's but it's probably not sustainable for for the majority. And again, you know, for us Baylor, you know, an institution that doesn't have a, a hundred thousand seat football stadium, we're going to have to to be really really strategic and thoughtful about how how we do it. I mean, when you when you look
0: at some of the schools around you, whether it be Texas, Oklahoma, or go up to Ohio State or look at USC, they're going to have. Significant could have significant advantages.
1: Yeah, the the way the system, at least the way it it, it feels like it's it's trending. And again, you have Austin out there, the the five thousand nine hundred eighty dollars uh, per per uh, scholarship student athlete. You know, an academic award, and then you know we've been talking about name name image and likeness. The way we're trending, it absolutely uh, favors those that that have the most money. And uh, and so you know how do how do we at Baylor com- compete with that? Well, in in some instance, we we already are. Um, you know we've been able to compete with within the Big Twelve, and you know our budget is is half of what what University of Texas budget is probably. And so um, we've been able to, to to find that way and and um, and know and understand that. Money doesn't, doesn't solve every 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 problem and, and again paying special attention to our to our culture. Is it gonna get harder, Jed? Absolutely. It's gonna get harder. It's gonna get harder and we're gonna to have to be more strategic, more thoughtful. Do I do I feel like we can compete, you know, two years down the road? I do. I, I think I think it's another great opportunity for us to be different attractive in our own way to uh to a a, a certain type of a family student athlete etc and so we'll we'll find a way to to still still maintain relevancy on a on a national level
0: help our audience understand how some of these universities you'll get these donors to create these uh 501c3s and the money gets donated in and then it gets you know delved out to some of the athletes that they choose to to give it to and then then they, they they write off a deduction. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on that, you know, who
1: knows, Congress may get involved in. And I think that's one of the strategies. I think you've got, you know, one strategy is, is the Transformation Committee and what do we do as a, as a the, the governing body, right, in terms of organizational structure, in terms of deregulation, you know, looking at rules, how we treat football, all of those things. But the other parallel pathway, I believe, is federal legislation. I I do think, you know, here after after midterms, um, there'll be an opportunity for for federal uh, legislation. Now, we're going to have to do some things, I think, in terms of student-athlete benefits. If we can, you know, agree to to do some of those things and in exchange uh, preempt all of the state laws when we think about name, image, and likeness, and also Receive some type of, of antitrust exemption, then I think we we have an opportunity to what I will say maintain civility with, within our within our industry. It's going to be hard, I think. Um, otherwise, looking
0: at other challenges that you
1: think the industry is facing. Yeah, I think that you know um, we we've talked about the 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 bulk of them in terms of name, image, and likeness and, and just the the, the the cost. I think one of the things that, that, that I know that, that we're really worried about is is mental health, mental health of our of our student athletes and, and you're starting to see that more prevalent in and some of just the, the unfortunate things that, that, that have happened where where some young people recently have taken their own lives. But this this pressure on a student athlete to perform Um, this this pressure for them not only to perform in competition but but in the classroom all of the other things I don't know that that I would call it a crisis but it, it certainly feels like like one and so you know that's that's something that I think you know each and every institution each and every you know athletic department is is grappling with I don't see that getting any better I see it becoming even even more intense and so you know, how do we how do we all navigate that for the for the well-being of our of our of our young people? So that would be that would certainly be be one. You know, Jed, where do where do salaries continue to go and and, and who can who can pay them? You know, here's here's one thing I, I, I think about college football um, in terms of America. It It is one of the the great events period in the United States, the way it brings people together, it galvanizes people on a Saturday. You know, if we get to a model, Jed, where, where there's 30 super teams and so there's 15 games, 20 games, a Saturday that that really have meaning behind them, I don't think that's good for, for America. I don't think that's good for college football. So that's that's another thing that, that I really, really worry about in, in terms of you know making sure that we 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 protect the, the sport of football and, and that it endures and in and that we we have it or we we map it out so that it continues to be meaningful, not just you know, 15 sites on a Saturday, but but throughout the the entire country.
0: Well there's a certain pageantry that comes with uh, college. Intercollegiate football, and to your to your point, even during the pandemic, you know, the way people rallied around intercollegiate football was was amazing.
1: No, it it was, and 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 again, it just brings people together. And think about you know coming out of the pandemic, just like how excited people were to be, were, were to be back together again, and and the the, the jubilation. And so uh, again, I just. You know, I hope we're really thoughtful when when we're making decisions as an industry, you know, and and I'm certainly just as much at fault. We we have a tendency, right, to make those decisions in the best interest of our own institution, in the best interest of our own conference. We're going to have to to really be resolved in making hey the best, best decisions for our industry. Um, otherwise it's going to continue, I think to the spiral and, you know, we're going to, we're going to be sitting here going, Hey, what, what just, what just happened? But those are some of the issues, you know, student athletes becoming employees. That's another one that, you know, that we may need to, to grapple with. And then, you know, student athlete health and safety will continue to be something that, that we're going to, you know, always have to, to, uh, put at the top of the list in in terms of the, the attention that we we pay to it.
0: Mac, I really appreciate you uh, spending time sharing your insights and thoughtfulness as it's related to some of the experiences that have helped uh, to form you as an elite leader in intercollegiate sports. Well, we thank you for uh, spending time with us today. And uh, again, wish you and you, you're coming down here to Florida to celebrate a national championship from a year ago. Uh, at a, at at the at the uh, Dick Vitale uh, dinner. So uh, again, kudos to, to you and and uh, the institution and what you represent uh, for intercollegiate sports. Thank you.
1: Well, Jed, thank you for the opportunity. And uh, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say this, but thank you for the opportunity. You you helped me at the University of Missouri. It, it was a an unbelievable unbelievable experience. So grateful to you.
0: Well, listen, um, we've been able to stay close as you've gone through your journey. And again, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you.